The Sisu Way, Episode 3. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, and who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms and great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, and who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. This is the Sisu Way, a show about grit, character, life philosophy, fitness, leadership, and service. My name is Scott McGee. I am a father, husband, friend, and a peaceful warrior with an open mind and an unconquerable soul. This episode is going to hopefully change or alter your perspective a little bit. While the things or ideas I I bring up might sound easy or make total sense, um, maybe they won't to you or maybe they won't to you at this point in your life, but Maybe one day they will, uh, because they're not easy to abide by. We have this built-in hurdle system that uh, is is always trying to sabotage your thoughts. You know, that pesky little ego, that little devil on your shoulder that is constantly trying to deceive you. Moving forward, there are themes of this show. um, Perspective, gratitude, service, grit, and vulnerability that I'm ideally using to lay the foundation for this show. They will be the framework for which I and we build on as we welcome guests and co-hosts on. I want to lay this foundation, um, go over a lot of stuff that I've been wanting to talk about for a while on podcasts, but I haven't really had a chance to. But I think it's going to be important to lay down some framework and then start welcoming people on the show and then maybe moving out of in and out of doing solo podcasts like this, and also welcoming certain people on the show. Um, if you think there is somebody that would be a good guest on the show, please let me know. You can email me, uh, thesisuway at gmail.com, or shoot me a direct message on Instagram. My personal one is at one Scott McGee, and I also created one for the show called, uh, it's at the Sisu Way. So, I think for now, until I can figure out the technology and all the stuff involved with podcasting, uh, I'd like to do in-person stuff. I think there's a lot more human connection going on when it's in-person. And human connection is going to be a theme of this episode, as you'll see here in a few minutes. Uh, Additionally, I want to thank those of you that have listened and left iTunes reviews. I know it takes time out of your day, so I want to thank, thank you for doing that. I also want you to know I appreciate not only the messages, uh, the reviews, the comments and stuff that you leave, but I also want you to know that I know it takes time to actually sit down and write something. Uh, I've done these before, and I know it can be a little tough to leave the right words to express how you feel. So I I definitely want to say thank you to those of you that have done it, and thank you to those that you're going to do it at some point in time, but you might be listening to this while in your car or driving or in a possible location where it's not as easy to jump on iTunes and and leave a, rev- a review but it does help you know it jumps me up in some of these categories here 
um, on iTunes and also makes the podcast more discoverable to people that might need it. And that's what I'm really interested in. Uh, a couple of people I'd like to address here is uh, Maddie C19, who left this comment on iTunes saying, I've been listening to the Wadcast podcast for about a year now, and I feel like I've got to know Scott. The first listen was exactly what I was hoping it would be. It's raw and vulnerable and brought me to tears at points. As a 26-year-old trying to figure out his way in the world and somebody who grew up without a strong father figure, I'm so thankful for people like this who put out this type of content. I'm the master of my fate. I'm the captain of my soul. So shout out to you, Maddie. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in and shoot me a message. I'm probably going to start collecting names and um, people that are helping me out with some of the content or writing in. And I'll put you guys on a short list of shirts once I get those things going. Uh, waiting for a clear picture on what those shirts are actually going to look like. So if you have an idea on those, shoot me a message as well. Uh, another one, one more, and this is from Joe Hartz. Uh, he says, Scott defines what it means to be a man in the 21st century. That's the title. And he says, in a world with too, f too few male role models, Scott is an example of true manliness in the 21st century. His thoughts on life, family, and health can provide the foundation for a meaningful and successful life. This is a must listen. Thank you, Joe. A couple points about this is a lot of the stuff that I talk about isn't necessarily mine. These are all lessons that I've learned from other people. As you'll see in this, ep this episode, a lot of it is based off of other people's lessons. But I think that's, the, that's part of the point of life here, right? Nothing is brand new. It's all in a way regurgitated, but we're all doing this together. The other thing he pointed out here is the 21st century and what it means to be a man in the 21st century. Um, and Stacy Hood, a friend of mine who listens to this podcast and has been a, a fan of the Wadcast, and he wrote in, and actually we ended up talking on the phone for a while, but he pointed something out to me that I didn't know existed. And uh, the Good Men Project. You guys look that stuff up. There's a website that is kind of, their tagline is uh, having difficult conversations. But they're talking about the, the words of what it means to be a man in the 21st century. So I thought that was a cool thing to share. So thank you to you guys that have left those comments. I also want to thank those of you that have shared very personal stories with me and use those moments for good. Facing adversity is hard. It is actually inevitable, but we have the ability to choose how to respond to those challenging things. If you focus on the pain, the suffering will continue. And if you focus on the lesson, you will grow. We are each other's crutch. We are here to serve and help each other, which is a major theme of someone I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. So the quote, the, the speech I opened up with is called Man in the Arena. It is one of the few quotes I have here actually up on inside my thought chambers, actually on a, on a frame behind me. On April 23rd, 3rd, uh, 1910, Teddy Roosevelt, who, who Man in the Arena is from, gave what would become one of his most widely quoted speeches of his career. He gave the speech before a crowd of Army and Navy officers, students, and a couple thousand ticket holders. The part of the speech entitled Man in the Arena hammered critics who looked down upon people who were trying to make the world a better place. Roosevelt said, the poorest way to face life 
is to face it with a sneer, a cynical habit of thought and speech and readiness, like a readiness to criticize work which the critic himself never tries to perform, an intellectual aloofness which will not accept contact with life's realities. All these are marks, not a superiority, but a weakness. Roosevelt then delivered Man in the Arena. Now, I share Man in the Arena for a few reasons. One is because it relates to someone I admire, and we'll be talking quite a bit over the next part of this podcast, Martin Luther King Jr. King was the opposite of a critic. Actually, the opposite of a critic is still a critic, but nonetheless, King was an advocate, and more on that later. I also share it because I want to highlight the nature of judging others. And this stems a lot from a lot of different careers, but uh, personally, you can speak about law enforcement because those of you that that don't know me, I have about 12 years in law enforcement, um, a lot of different details, and I'm also someone that is acutely aware of what goes on in the media and what goes on in social media. And there's a little bit of a difference, you know, law enforcement officers aren't born in a factory. We're all people that grew up in a community. And I happen to be lucky enough to work in a community that that raised me. So I see some of the stuff that happens in the media and on social media and the way people judge and then look at law enforcement, the people that are out there that are responding to the calls for help. Those are the men and women in the arena. And what you see in social media and in the media in general are people that are criticizing the people that are in the arena. So that's where a lot of these reasons are why um, that particular speech is important to me. It's a reminder that the, the people are in the arena are the important ones, not the critics, and to give them credit. Here's a quote from Martin Luther King. The degree to which we are able to forgive determines the degree to which we are able to love our enemies. My friends, we have followed the so-called practical way for too long a time now, and it has led inexorably to deeper confusion and chaos. Now, I wanted to share this because I know we have a chance, and there's good in us, and there's a light that wants to connect. And human connection is something that we undervalue. And part of that is the internet for the time being. Albert Einstein said, a human being is a part of a whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feeling as something separated, separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us from our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. However, he also said, I fear the day technology will surpass our human interaction. The world will have a generation of idiots, which is pretty funny. And I think we can all relate to that. Uh, Part of it is. You're using technology to listen to this podcast. And is that affecting our human interaction? I don't know. That's a topic for another day. 
So after my conversation that I had with my friend Sal Masticala on the Wadcast podcast episodes 240 and 280, and seeing the responses from the listeners at that time, uh, reinforced my belief that we can do better. Now, if you don't know, or if you're to pause and go listen to those those episodes, um, uh, in episode 240, the conversation that started at the hour and 15 minute mark, in episode 280, it started at 53 minutes and 40 seconds into the episode. And it was, at, it was in those conversations, and if you don't know, uh, it was a conversation about race and law enforcement. But I think it goes above and beyond that because I think the conversation was more about respect, empathy, and the ability to hear each other. And that ability it takes a lot of skill and it's something I'm going to talk about uh, throughout the podcast a lot and also I'm going to practice as a host and in interviewing people to do as well. So speaking of which, I'm in a unique position that allows me to use my experience for good. We all are. We just need to open ourselves up and actually listen to each other. I mean actually listen to understand. Actively listen to understand. Not just hear and wait to deliver your point or your response. That is a versus and a selfish mentality that does not lead to empathy and growth. I see sides a lot of times that want to prove they are right. It's okay to listen to someone and to show respect and empathy towards them, even if they are, have a different feeling than you. It hurts when I see darkness where there should be light, and it's a time to set down that bag of judgment, that anger, that bitterness and retaliation. Love is lighter and lifts us all. There's actually this acronym it's coming off the top of my head. I remember it from, oh man, I wish I could tell you right now uh, the acronym for love that I read quite some time ago. And they took love, L-O-V-E, as the L stood for listen to others. The O was open your heart to them. V was volunteer to be part of the solution. And E was encourage others to do the same. I'm really happy I just came off, that came out of my memory right now. It's tucked in underneath one of my wrinkles. Um, L-O-V-E, love. It's lighter, lifts us all. Also, if you're walking around and you, you, you have that bag of judgment and bitterness and anger and doubt and you're holding under a grudge with somebody, hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll at least consider putting the bag down because it's only hurting you. You're the only person carrying that. And it's up to you whether you carry it or you set it down. Martin Luther King did many sermons that have impact on society today. One of his, uh, one of my favorite quotes of his is actually on my wall, and it's from a sermon he did at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in 1957. And I'll, and I'll get to that quote um, here in a minute. Uh, additionally, a little side note I have in front of me, uh, a book that he, I think he published it in 1963 called Strength to Love. And it's a book, it's actually like, I, I almost 
I'm surprised it's not more popular now, but it's called Strength of Love, Martin Luther King, and it's a collection of a lot of his sermons. Uh, not going to go on and on about this book, but I, I encourage you guys to look it up and um, consider getting it probably off Amazon. It's not going to be too expensive. I happened to get one of the original books published in 1963. Randomly, while I was driving, I saw a used book sale in a parking lot. And whenever those, whenever I see those, I'm, I always stop and pull over uh, and spend some time at. You can find some absolute gems in those things. And the reason I know it's um, an original because... Uh, someone named Evelyn Moore got the book on 1018 in 1963 because there's a little letter and signature to her inside the cover. So that's strength to love. So the relevance of his words, of Martin Luther King's words, they feel like they could have been easily said today. It deals with learning to love your adversaries. Now, I'm going to be saying adversaries and enemies because uh, the sermon he did called Loving Your Enemies was so basic to King and part of his his philosophical orientation. You know, the whole idea of love, the whole philosophy of love, uh, very important to him. But this applies to not not only to people, but to situations and, and to circumstances. So adversaries or enemies is a metaphor for Whatever you're facing, it could be a person, it could be a decision, it could be uh, an attitude. It's something that isn't your adversary. So keep that in mind as, as I'm speaking. So if we were to ask King today where we should go from here, I think he would say we must begin by analyzing ourselves and forgiveness. Okay, I'm going to say that again. He must be by analyzing yourself and forgiveness. You begin to love your adversaries by looking within. This is the path to learning and taking ownership, assuming control, accountability. Another thing you can hear me saying is that when somebody figures out that accountability, little side note here, that accountability, if you can wake up and you realize you're in control, you're going to be happy. If you're in control, just think about the amount of power you have and the ability to choose strength and choose happiness. So wake up, assume control, grab that accountability. So there's something in you that arouses the positive or negative responses. This is an opportunity for us to take ownership of something we can control ourselves and our thoughts. And I hope by sharing this, we can learn something from the past. It is not a me versus you or us versus them thing. This is a we thing. So I've deconstructed uh, his sermon uh, that as follows because it lays a foundation of healing. First, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. If you do not possess the power of forgiveness, you lack the power of love. That does not mean you forget or ignore what has happened it means that what did happen is no longer a barrier to the relationship. You recognize it, but no longer use it as a wall between you. Forgiveness lifts that burden and frees that light within. And holy moly, is that difficult. But it's up to you. Second, the evil deed of your adversary, the thing that hurts, does not express all that he is. 
There is a light, an element of good found even in our worst enemy. Know there is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we recognize this, we are less likely to hate our adversary. Hate breeds more hate. See him in a new light. Look for the good that there is. Help him if necessary. Recognize that hate grows out of fear, misunderstanding, and pride. We can recognize that and do something before it boils over. Also, don't do this stuff unless you plan on joining the dark side and become a Sith Lord. And Star Wars, we're going to see next week. Third, we must not seek to defeat or humiliate our adversary, but to win his friendship and understanding. That is the way. Now, I know what you're saying. Why should we love our adversaries? Well, returning hate for hate multiplies hate. Adding deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Hate multiplies hate. Violence multiplies violence. And toughness multiplies toughness in a descending spiral of destruction. Hate scars the soul and distorts the personality. Mindful that hate is an evil and dangerous force, we often too think of that it does to the person hated. Hate is just as injurious to the person who hates. Like an unchecked cancer, hate corrodes the personality and eats away its vital unity. Hate destroys a man's sense of values and his objectivity. Love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. By its very nature, hate destroys and tears down. By its very nature, love creates and builds up. Love transforms with redemptive power. Let me read that part again. By its very nature, hate destroys and tears down. By its very nature, love creates and builds up. Love transforms with redemptive power. So the more vicious our response is, the more sympathetic our cause becomes. Violence creates more problems than it solves. The more we fight, the more darkness we spread, the less we will achieve. Together, we can be the light. And that is the Sisu way. So that, that, that part that I just read, um, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That's actually the, the part that I was mentioning earlier of one of the things I have up in my thought chamber here, my garage, my studio, my man cave. And it's actually, you know what? That's two things in this episode that I've covered that I have in my garage. Man in the arena and then that quote from um, Martin Luther King's Loving Your Enemies. Uh, the speech, I, th I actually think that speech is... It might be recorded, and you could probably listen to it on YouTube, if I remember correctly. I'm familiar with it from this book here that I have, but I think it's actually one of his recorded sermons. So, I've talked about being the light and Martin Luther King's sermon called Loving Your Enemies. 
And I spoke about how we can do better. We just need to open ourselves up and actually listen to each other. In order to heal, we should begin by analyzing ourselves, taking ownership of our own actions, utilizing purposeful, healthy communication, and learning to forgive. You know, what I'm seeing is sides that want to prove they are right, sides that want to defeat, point fingers, or share things on social media that are aimed at defeating instead of healing. I see people sharing what they think is for the greater good, but in fact, it is adding deeper darkness to a night already devout of stars. Spreading hate and negativity multiplies hate and negativity. And I see what it's doing to us. This is a spiral destruction that is rooted in darkness. It corrodes our thoughts. And this is not the path to the mountaintop. An example, if you want to take a pause right now and go flick around through your social media feeds, and I promise you'll see what I'm talking about, or turn on the news, or jump on any of the main news outlets cover page, you'll see what I'm talking about. Or listen to your friends at work. Talk about the people that aren't there during the conversation. I want to point something out here. Human connection heals. From the, and here's Albert Einstein again. From the standpoint of daily life, however, there's one thing we do know. That we are here for the sake of each other. Above all, for those upon whose smile and well-being our own happiness depends, and also for the countless unknown souls with whose fate we are connected by a bond of sympathy. Many times a day I realize how much my own outer and inner life is built upon the labors of my fellow men, both living and dead, and how earnestly I must exert myself in order to give in return as much as I have received. So, Everything we have and everything we are is because of somebody else. Again, there's nothing really brand new. But that is something that you need to have gratitude for. So social media posts and what people share have consequences. Pointing out how the strong person stumbles is not the way. The credit belongs to the people who are actually in the arena trying to be good people. They stumble, we stumble. The way to help each other is to be good people and to support others, to stand up in the storm and have compassion for those who fail. This starts with us. We always have a choice when it comes to our actions. I would like you to consider this when on social media. Think to yourself, is what I'm about to post going to help or hurt anyone? Is this going to spread love or hate? Sometimes hate is deceptive. And this is that little dude on his shoulder trying to be sneaky. It's easy to spread hate disguised as love because you might not even realize it. The devil is deceitful. So mind your words because they matter. You don't know who you are affecting. Marcus Aurelius says, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. This is one of the best pieces of advice I've received. Arguing a point, pointing fingers, trying to prove myself right and others wrong doesn't help. The best solution is to be a good person, to lead by example, to be a doer. So here are 10 tenets I try 
to live by. Rectitude. Now that's an entire post in and of itself. And I'm going to give you quick, my little quick definition. And that is to think and act morally upright and honorable doing what is right. It's emotional intelligence and a clean heart. Rectitude. It's one of those words you don't really hear anymore, but I highly recommend you guys use your Google them and check it out. Appreciate. Life and the abilities we have in it are not a right. They are a privilege. Health is wealth. Compassion. Everyone makes mistakes. No one is perfect. Relate to the pain and help them recover. There is good in the worst of us and bad in the best. Speak the truth. Do what you say you will do. Speak with honor and respect. Protect those in need. Defend the defenseless. Help others. Service is life's highest calling. It also has some incredible healing qualities. Nobility. Be of strong character and act with integrity. And loyalty. Stand by your friends, honor your spouse, and respect your employer. Stay strong and light up the darkness. Be a lighthouse. Now, the whole concept of being a lighthouse are pretty simple, rather, really. A lighthouse is firm. It stands up in the storm. It's dependable. It's there to shine light for those that are looking to it, especially on the darkest of nights and in the storm. Now, a lighthouse doesn't run around trying to provide light for everybody that needs it. A lighthouse is there for those that are looking for it. And you can be that person. And one thing I want to point out is that you are probably a lighthouse for someone and you don't even know it. So just keep that in the back of your head. You never know who's watching. So a little homework. Look at your social media feeds. Do you see people spreading light, love, or darkness and hate? Pay attention to how it makes you think and feel. Try to detach yourself from that reaction. Recognize it and adjust as necessary. We are in control of our thoughts. Protect them. And remember, health is wealth. Vulnerability is strength. And strength is a choice. You are the master of your fate. You are the master of your soul. Go forth and be uncomfortable. Much love and stay strong.